0: Thank you, Dan. You may be in need of a new perspective this morning. Just a, a refresh, a reset. I think we all do. This news article that came out of Atlanta, Georgia, reminded me of all of our need, at some times or another, of a fresh perspective. An elderly Florida lady finished her grocery store shopping, and upon returning to her car, she found four young men in the front seat of her vehicle not in the front seat but in her vehicle leaving she dropped her shopping bags and pulled out her handgun proceeding proceeding to scream at the top of her voice i have a gun and i know how to use it get out of the car the foreman got out and ran like mad the lady then proceeded to load her shopping bags into the back seat of her car and get into the driver's seat She was so shaken that she couldn't get her key into the ignition. She tried and tried, and then it dawned on her why. A few minutes later, she found her own car parked a few spaces further down. She loaded her bags into her car and then drove to the police station. The sergeant to whom she told the story was laughing hysterically. He pointed to the other end of the counter where four (laughs) pale-faced Young men were reporting a carjacking by a mad, crazy elderly woman (laughs) carrying a large handgun. Sometimes we all need a new perspective, a change of scenery. We need a mountain view. We need a mountain view experience. And Jesus is the best at giving mountaintop views. One time I was riding on a chairlift snowboarding up at uh, Heavenly Uh, Squaw Valley, and the gal I was with just made this comment. She said, you know, when I'm in the mountains, it's such a spiritual thing, and I thought about that. I thought about her words, and I thought, you know, isn't it interesting? God really has revealed himself through history on mountains, on mountaintops. Think about a few of these. Mount Sinai in the desert of Egypt, where he revealed himself to Moses, and there's a great Netflix, by the way, on this, that shows what I believe is the actual Semai, breathtaking mountain. There's Mount Ebal in Gerizim, where the law was repeated again on the uh, on the uh, entrance of of the Hebrews into Canaan. There's Mount Carmel, where Elijah defeated all the prophets. There's Mount Hermon, or the Mount of Transfiguration, where Jesus reveal themselves to a few of his closest friends of his future glory. They heard his father's voice there. There's the Mount of Olives, which is very close to Jerusalem. It's just across from the Kidron Valley, just east of Jerusalem, where Jesus actually would spend the night on occasion. He didn't have a place to stay frequently. He stayed in in the olive groves of the Mount of Olives. It's also the location where he met with some of his disciples and some of his longest and well recorded prayers, captured by the, his co worker John, are in the Gospel of John. They took place at the Mount of Olives. And then, if you think about it, the elevation of Jerusalem herself is a little over 2,000 feet. Jerusalem was the place, of course, where Christ offered up his last, last breath, just the northwestern side of the city, which has been known historically as Mount Zion. Mount Zion was where Christ released his last breath and then appeared again to his disciples, some say near the Mount of Olives, close to Bethany. And we know that the New Testament ends with a mountain view experience again. You know that the new city of Jerusalem that is coming down from the, he- from the heavens will be on a mountain again. And so throughout the Bible, from the Exodus account of Sinai, all the way to the Revelation account of the New Jerusalem, we get a mountaintop view experience. And this morning, I just want to answer this question. How do I zoom out and get the mountaintop view now? Because I think that, especially we who live in uh, the north San Joaquin Valley, we especially need to zoom out and look around. We need to get a a change of scenery, a new perspective. We need a mountain view. And Jesus often went to the Mount of Olives, seen here on this picture. Uh, He went away to hear and to listen and to get the right perspective. It's not unusual for the writers of the Psalms to describe their need to get a mountain view perspective. The psalmist in Psalm 61 verse 1 wrote, I call as my heart grows faint. Lead me to the rock that is higher than I. Lead me to the rock that is higher than I. When your heart grows faint, you need to, you need to see God's perspective. Sometimes our perspective is cloudy. We get overly anxious. We get overly uh, sorrowful. Uh, we, we become perhaps a little bitter and not as loving as normal. This morning's message is is in a sentence stated as follows: Spirit led living looks with Jesus at the mountaintop view. You've got to see from His perspective the mountaintop view. I'm going to be reading a few passages. One of them is in Philippians three, verses twenty and twenty-one, and the others in Philippians four. This, this these Philippians that sound like some sort of cockroach is really a a, group, a church. Paul's one of Paul's strongest support church in a Roman colony near Greece. He started this church by default. The Spirit of Jesus led him there. He did not intend to go there. He, as a few weeks ago we talked about, he actually recruited two team members there. The Holy Spirit will lead you to the where, to the who, and sometimes to the how that you never expected. Never expected. And I personally, I experienced that when the Holy Spirit's leading me, I often don't want to go for some reason. In fact, I always wonder, if I don't really want to do this, why? Why is it? Why is it? And the why is what I want to answer this morning. The why of the Holy Spirit. Because it's critical to know the why so that you can understand what is our what and what is the how. The why is critical. Philippians chapter 3, verses 20 and 21, they summarize. They crystallize. They, con- they really consolidate the Mountaintop view of Jesus Christ. Here it is from Philippians 3. If you need a Bible, raise your hand. I know our ushers will get one into your hand. I'm on page 820 in these few verses. Paul is writing from prison. He's writing from prison, and he's asking us to to consider a mountaintop view. Can you imagine writing from a prison cell? These words, here are Paul's. He says, our citizenship is in heaven, and we eagerly await a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ, who by the power that enables him to bring everything under his control will transform our lowly bodies so that they will be like his glorious body. That is the authorized, absolute, mountaintop view from the Spirit of Jesus Christ as it relates to what's really going on and what's really important in our lives. In verse verse 20, Paul, Jesus' co-worker, writes that spirit-led living looks with Jesus at the mountaintop view from heaven. In other words, you've heard the terminology, look at a situation from the end in mind. The end in mind is this. It's that heaven is coming. And Paul says that our citizenship is in heaven now. Your citizenship is in heaven now. If you're a Christ follower, you'll note in just a few verses, Paul will describe your name being in the present tense of being written in the Lamb's book of life. Your citizenship is in heaven now. Millions of people globally wouldn't love to be citizens of the United States. There are many rights and privileges we enjoy. In the first century... It was a tremendous honor to be a Roman citizen. There were protections given to you as a Roman citizen that a non-citizen would not be offered. Folks, the mountaintop view you need to have now is that you have a citizenship. You represent a citizen tree of a populace that is in heaven, even now as we speak. Our citizenship is in heaven. And it is to heaven... Paul says that we eagerly await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. We look forward to the second coming of Christ. In one of Jesus' co-workers' letters in Hebrews, the co-worker writes that Jesus is coming for those who long for His appearing, who are praying with the revelator in the book of Revelations, Come, Lord Jesus, come quickly. Can you say that? Are you looking forward to the second coming of Jesus Christ, where we will see him face to face just as he is? This is the mountaintop view. We have got to keep this perspective. We especially need to. And we know that the second coming will follow, per Jesus' teachings, increasing intensity and frequency of famine, of war, and catastrophe. Now, I know that doesn't sound very fun, and that's that's been no fun, honestly, to to even be a part of the last few months. It's been hard to even comment on it because you don't want to... We try to stay away from anything political here at Adventure. But there is no doubt that the intensity and frequency of wars, of famine, of unspeakable catastrophe and genocide necessitate the urgent coming of Jesus Christ. And that is the mountaintop view That Paul wants us to have because it's with that view that so much is more grappable and understandable the Lord Jesus Christ Paul says is bringing everything under his control there are other parallel verses that teach as such that right now everything is being made to be a footstool under Jesus feet Jesus sits at the right hand of his father in heaven all authority has been given to him and all governing authorities are being placed under his control slowly but surely. In the U.S., it doesn't look like it, but he is in complete control. Finally, this is one, one little caveat for those who uh, care about health and fitness and find that it's an uphill battle. The last word to, of, of hope, the last mountaintop view we have, is that the Lord Jesus Christ will transform our lowly bodies. Our lowly bodies will have a glory like his. He says, lowly bodies so that we will be like his glorious body. Now, Jesus teaches we're, we're to love and nourish and care for our own bodies. We actually should, should have a positive um, appreciation, stewardship over our bodies. We should uh, care for them and nurture them. At the same time, it's getting more difficult the older you get, now some of you are like, "What's your problem? Wake up, work out, quit eating, shut up." You're right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Okay. I hear you. Yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. But as you get older, it gets a little more difficult. And uh, and I think even as I get you know really old in my late thirties, it's going to get more and more difficult. Okay. <laughs> and 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 then as I progress into uh, you know maybe forty something and I, that upper that other upper tier mark. I don't know how I'm going to take care of myself, but the truth is is that our bodies are getting older, and they uh, they do decline. Uh, They have not been designed with, they don't have currently the eternal, lasting uh, glory that they were created with, but we get new bodies someday. That is the gospel message. This is the mountaintop view we need to take. And you may be thinking in terms of health and fitness, yeah, golly, I hope when I get a new body, will I be able to dunk? Or will, will, what will my 40 time be? Could I be six foot tall? Wow. I hope all those are true for for me. <laughs> uh, but the truth is, is that the idea is that we're going to have bodies that are like the Lord Jesus, that are like angels. I mean, I just wonder what kind of speed we could produce, what kind of energy level we'll have. Um, it It's exciting. That hope is exciting. And the, the Scriptures teach to be absent from this body— is to be present with the Lord. So as soon as you pass away, you're with the Lord just like that. You see him face to face just as he is. This gives me great hope as I think about loved ones who've gone before me and passed away already. I get the privilege of being with them and seeing them and recognizing them as the scriptures teach, recognizing them in heaven and being with them forever and ever. This is the mountain view. We need to talk about the mountain view. Because we get so myopic, so zoomed in, so entrenched that we don't keep the mountain view in perspective. And we need to keep this perspective. This is why we do what we do at Adventure, because we want to bring this hope that I just shared to an imperfect world. That's our mission mandate, to bring Jesus' hope to an imperfect world. And we see the next generation of adventurers led by the Holy Spirit the Spirit of Jesus, whom we'll always lead in sync and in harmony with God's Word. But I believe that sometimes we are students of God's Word, we we know God's Word, but we're not leaning on the Spirit's leading enough. I want to lead on His Spirit more, and I'll show you why it's so critical. We need a mountaintop view because we see the next generation of adventurers led by the Spirit known for their love for one another, their neighbors, our Natomas community, and the city of Sacramento. Can you see yourself as an ambassador that the Holy Spirit sent to Natomas to bring Jesus' hope to an imperfect world? I do. I do. I, I, I see myself as an ambassador, one of many Christ followers, one pastor amongst many churches that I think are the hope of Natomas. I think the hope of Natomas is facilitated by great education and safety that our educators and our police and fire emergency provide and our city leaders provide. But I think the true hope for Natomas is that we have homes, we have marriages and children that are led by the Holy Spirit. I think that's the hope for our community. But it's not easy. We're stretched. We're focused on our work, our obstacles, our disappointments. And sometimes we're just too, hard, too tired to climb the mountain and get a mountaintop view. One lady really can relate to you, if that describes you, as just being overwhelmed and in need of a new perspective. She was at an airport treating herself to some cookies as she waited for her flight. She sat down at the bench seat and started eating cookies out of her bag, high-carb cookies. The man next to her had the audacity to stick his hand in her cookie bag and start eating. She couldn't believe it. So she pulled the bag closer to her. She kept eating the cookies, and he would stick his hand, reach out into her bag, and grab one and eat it. She never met the guy before. She was, she was getting more and more angry, but, she, but he would just grab one and smile at her and eat her cookie. They got to the last cookie. There was one left. He reached in, and he broke the cookie in half and gave her the other half. She wondered if she should even be on this flight. This was the last straw, and she was just about ready to lay into the guy when the call for her boarding came. Can you imagine? This lady gets a little time by herself, treating herself to a little little dessert, and she has to share it again with someone. So she reached into her purse. She decided, I'm not going to confront this guy. She reached into her purse to get out her ticket, only to discover her own unopened bag of cookies that she had just bought. She was eating this man's cookies. (laughs) I share this story with you because I think we all take ourselves so seriously, our work so seriously, we're so busy, we're so zoomed in, we're so focused just to get our work done that we lose perspective about what's really important. And the next few verses are... I think they can be kind of trite. We've shared them in churches for years. I can almost quote all of them. I've heard them for so long. And yet, I think if you have a mountaintop view from Jesus, that spirit-led living for you can empower agape love, the joy of the Spirit, and the peace of the Spirit in your life let me read from you Paul's words that he wrote from prison, his mountaintop view of the kind of life that is available to us. Philippians chapter four, I'm gonna start reading in verse one. I want you to look for the fruits of the spirit that are in here, love, agape love, joy, the joy of the Lord that's our strength, and the peace that passes understanding. They are the first three fruits of the Holy Spirit, the first free indicators that your life is being empowered by the Spirit of Jesus. Here it is, verse 1. Therefore, my brothers, you whom I love, I long for and long for my joy and crown. This is how you should stand firm in the Lord, dear friends. If you have a mountain view perspective, this is how you can stand firm in the Lord. He tells them they're his beloved, those whom I love. Who is it that you love? Then he says, I plead with Yodia and Syntyche to agree with each other in the Lord. Yes, and I thank you, loyal yoke fellow. Keep these women Rather, help these women who have contended at my side in the cause of the gospel, along with Clement and the rest of my fellow workers, whose names are written in the book of life. Don't you want to see your name written in the book of life? Won't that be a fun visual someday? Verse 4, rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything or worry. But in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And then I think the hardest one, especially in our high knowledge information age. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable... Rather, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you've learned or received or heard or seen in me, put it into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. I think that to live a life that is reflective of the Fruits of the Holy Spirit, is miraculous. I mean, Paul begins by saying, Brothers, you whom I love. He's writing from prison. The food isn't good. There is no air conditioning. And he is expressing how deeply he loves the church at Philippi. That has made his whole work possible. He is conveying to them how much he loves them. And... To have that kind of love for our immediate family, for our coworkers, for our neighbors, for our church, is the work of the Holy Spirit. And it is possible when you have a mountain view perspective on life. It truly is possible to set aside all of our differences, to set aside some of our uh, uh some of the careless words we've had to hear, some of the thoughtless decisions we've had to experience, and to say, you know what? I am committed to you with the love of Jesus, and I'm, I'm totally committed to your best welfare no matter what. I don't think I've ever uh, ever said it, but i got to tell you, I just love the people that I get to serve at Adventure. It is such a privilege, such a privilege and I'm so grateful that we have a lot of community group leaders and elders and brothers and sisters in the church who, who are even better at showing the love of Christ than I am. But I want to grow in this area of growing in the love of Christ. This word for love is one you've heard before. It's the word that was introduced to the Greek lexicon in the first century. It's the word agapao. It's this unconditional, non-performance-related commitment to love someone. I love you because I'm totally committed to you, not because of what you do for me. I am unconditionally committed to loving you. That's agape love. Then Paul says that the other fruit of this life is the joy of the Holy Spirit. The joy of the Holy Spirit describes as God's smile in our lives. The joy of the Lord, which Nehemiah describes as that which gives us strength. Joy, there's great strength in joy. Joy has its foothold that God is at work, that we can trust him, that we can, we can believe he's at work, that he's going to provide for us, and we can trust in his goodness and his best for us. Paul says, rejoice in the Lord. And finally, he says, and pray, pray, pray. He says, let your request be made known to God, with thanksgiving and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And and with that, not only as you're praying, guard your thought life. And he lists a bunch of filters that we should have over our mind, folks. I got to tell you, it it is it is difficult when we have so many uh, movies that are out now that are just so that get so much attention. And honestly, I don't even like to talk about them, so I don't. And maybe I should, you know, on a Sunday, tell you what movies you should or shouldn't see. But to be honest with you, I I feel dirty even doing that. It's like I don't want to talk about them, so I just don't. Because some of them are so sad to me. And sometimes I think the more we talk about them, the more um, it advertises them. So, please understand, if you want me to give a movie review sometime, I will, but I, I don't like doing that, because I'm, I'm saddened by, uh, by how the dollar is is prized over human dignity and relationships and marriage and family life, and that people are making money off that bothers me, makes me really mad, actually. Agape love is, and that's why I don't do it, maybe, I want to love, <laughs> Uh, I want to be full of the joy of the Lord, and I want this incomprehensible peace that transcends all understanding. I want this. Here's the deal. It's hard. It's hard to have peace. This is a work of God in our lives. What's the key? You've got to have that mountaintop view. You've got to have that mountaintop view. You've got to have that mountaintop perspective. Yesterday, I had the privilege of being with my friends. They happen to be in town. Some of them are your friends. Zach and Samuel, so Zach and Sosama Samuel Burnett were in town yesterday. And these are friends that helped start Adventure years ago. Zach's a, just a, a dear fella. And he is a, uh, he contracted uh, in the last uh, year and a half, I think it is, he contracted melanoma cancer and was told by the doctors, you have four months to live. And he was like, what? He, he, he had just finished marathon training. He, he's he's, a, he's a, quite an athlete, uh, no exaggeration, uh, a a former uh, professional snowboarder, a U-2 pilot for our Air Force, just a great guy. And he shared with me yesterday, he said, you know, what was so challenging about that was that it was a season where I was not in control of anything, nothing. I mean, this is a guy that's used to flying at 70,000 feet where he can see the curvature of the earth for 12-plus, 18 hours uh, a flight. And he said, for 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 a season, I could do nothing. I have no control over anything. And he said, it was the greatest lesson to me. Gave him a new perspective on what was really important. I want a mountain view perspective with Jesus without having to go through what Zach had to go through. Don't you? I don't... I, Lord... I don't, I'd i rather not have to do that to get your view. Give me your view. Give me this understanding that I am now a citizen in heaven. Give me this understanding now that, uh, that it is essential that I am eagerly awaiting the second coming of Christ. Give me this understanding now that I, I have the hope of inheriting a new body that will be similar to Jesus' body and his glory. Give me that now. I don't want to have to go there because of some unfortunate life experience. Zach was gracious to share. Three fruits here that he's talking about. He says love, joy, and peace. These three fruits, they're the first three fruits in the list of the Holy Spirit. I think love is the umbrella fruit of all all of the indicators that you're leading a Spirit-led life. And then also it's interesting that when the kingdom of God is described that is God's reign in our lives, uh, His reign in our hearts, His future reign in heaven, in the book of Romans, it's described as the as righteousness, Christ's righteousness given to us, it's described as uh, peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Romans chapter 14, verse 17 says, "The kingdom of God is righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Spirit." When I have a spirit-led mountaintop view, I am empowered by Jesus to love at a level that on my own I can't do. I'm empowered with joy. I'm empowered to experience incomprehensible peace. Whether I'm enjoying things going the way I had hoped they were going, or if I'm in prison and they're not going the way I planned at all, and some of you may May be thinking, yeah, I'm not in physical prison right now, but there are some ways where I feel like I am totally out of control of my situation. No control. And I want to encourage you with Paul's words have a mountain top view perspective. Consider what's really important. Your name's written down in the Lamb Book of Life. You're a citizen of heaven. Jesus is in the present tense of putting all authority under him. That could impact your very situation, actually. It's not over until Jesus says it's over. All authority is his. And you have the hope of eternal life. Which sometimes I think we get so so concerned about our own health and our own you know, the possibility of us living into our eighties or nineties, we forget that there's a new body coming where we'll be we'll be living, as the scripture says, in chaos and chaos forever and ever. You know, someone might be bragging, well, I'm I'm a centenarian in heaven. Well, big deal. I've been here for two million years. I mean, that's the hope that a resurrected body like Jesus gives us and that we will be celebrating this Easter. We believe that spirit-led homes are praying homes, homes that are talking about the scriptures together, talking about our mountaintop views. You may need a a mountaintop view this weekend. I want to encourage you. Maybe you're like me. You need to just get away. Uh, Yesterday, Melissa and I were getting away. We had a few minutes together. It wasn't a lot of time yesterday, but we were going to Home Depot and Walmart. I wanted to make it romantic. I had to really think hard. And so I thought, normally, and we need to go to the gas station. So I was like, how do we do this? I said, let's take a road we've never taken to walmart and so we figured this out it only took a few minutes five and we made a decision and uh and got there and it turned out to be a fun time we got what we needed it was it was fun I'm, I'm being silly but i'm trying to say is sometimes you need a change of scenery if you can't afford it and you need a change of scenery go to just go out on elkhorn and drive back and forth go to the airport that's a good change of scenery go to if you can get away go to the sutter buttes up uh up north of Marysville and Ayuba uh, uh, especially beautiful area, or or even to there's some great places even along the five just south of us, 20 minutes. Or you know you don't need a you don't need a you know chamber of commerce representative here, but uh, but I'm telling you I, th- I think what you do need is an encouragement to get away, get a mountain view. If Jesus sought time to get away, how much more do we need to? And I'm just talking about a quick excursion. Now, if you need to take a long one, do it. I love reading on Facebook about families that are in Tahoe or or they're um you know they're at the beach or they're in Hawaii. That's a little more difficult. But I I get excited for them. I'm just kidding. I'm really happy for them uh, because I want them to enjoy. The question I've tried to answer this morning is: how do I zoom out and get a mountaintop perspective, a mountaintop view? And here it is. It's it's Spirit-led living looks with Jesus constantly at the mountaintop view. If you're stressed out about school, look at the mountaintop view. If you're stressed out about your finances, look at the mountaintop view. Spirit-led living looks with Jesus at the mountaintop view from heaven. And Spirit-led living looks with Jesus at the mountaintop view to love people like we need to love them, to rejoice and be joyful like we need to be joyful, and to – let the peace of God rule our hearts. Now, the last few weeks we've talked about being spirit-led. How do we get there? I think a first step we we take is to make a decision to trust in Jesus personally. If you haven't, If that has not been a first step for you, today's your day. To say, you know what? I'm willing to trust him that he died a substitutionary death for me. I'm willing to go there. That's your first step. Next step practiced by the early church, is to be baptized. Baptism is this occasion that connects us with the Holy Spirit. It's one of several ways. But baptism is is an occasion. We're baptizing folks next weekend. If you're interested in that, let us know on your card. Another key area that releases the Holy Spirit in our life, per one of Jesus' co-workers' accounts, Luke, who wrote that the Father will give us more of the Spirit when we ask in Luke 11, verse 13. If you haven't, maybe today's a good day to pray for more of the Holy Spirit personally, that spirit of love, of joy and peace. And finally, what did the sharp teaching of the Bible whisper to you to do today? As I was talking about loving people, did someone's name come to mind? that you need to start praying for. The Bible says pray for your enemies. Pray for those who, are, who, are, who persecute you. Pray for those who, like Job, experienced, who bug you and annoy you. Pray for them. Did the Bible teach you to pursue the Lord's joy and stop focusing on your circumstances, stop allowing your maybe your moods to affect you too much? If so, I encourage you to choose joy today. And finally, if you're here and you have had no peace, I want to ask you, are, is what you're allowing into your mind, does it pass this filter test of truth and nobility? If it doesn't, I challenge you to start making some deliberate decisions about what you think on. And then finally, who are you prayerfully reaching out to for our Easter series, we start an Easter series next weekend called Bold Moves, where we're actually going to unwrap some of the great discoveries that missionaries in Somalia and China and Russia have discovered while serving in the next few weeks. And if if, if you have the Holy Spirit's brought a family into your life where you feel like they would probably come and hear one of these Sundays, you invite them, and you bring them. Don't just invite them. Bring them. Take them to brunch or lunch or have them over for coffee or take them to donuts, depending upon what you can do. And there's one more piece. Is today the day when you need to ask the Spirit to really lead you in a particular situation? Why don't you join me in prayer? Let's go to the Lord. Maybe.